Hello and welcome to another episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the midpoint of the summer going into fall season. Specifically, these are the shows that we already started talking about a few weeks back uh, at the beginning of the summer season. Well, we are Team Midpoint, not to be confused with Team Midshelf, uh, our <laughs> sister show. Or Team Endpoint. <laughs> team en- yeah, Team Endpoint. So uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about the shows that uh, are two or more seasons long. We've kind of hit the end of this core, and uh, we're going to have sort of our our mid-show impressions on these. So if you haven't already listened to both Group A and B from before, go back and listen to those first, because this episode probably won't make a whole lot of sense without that context. Uh, Rather than... Uh, using the same groups that we used before since some shows have just ended and some shows are continuing we've decided to sort of uh, reorganize here and just do the shows that are midway through so i of course am tobias and i'm joined today by bill hello and ryan hello technically austin should be here too but he of course is having technical issues so he'll have to give his impressions uh sometime later uh, we can all boo Austin and Austin's internet. Boo. Boo. If we want to start a GoFundMe later to get him better internet, I would not be averse to that. Hashtag get Google Fiber for Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can figure that out. Make it work. But anyway, so let's kind of start off as we usually do here. Uh, what have you guys been talking about, playing, watching that isn't summer anime? Uh, Bill, what about you? Uh, well, the only real thing that I've been doing as of late has been marathoning My Hero Academia. Okay. Uh, my co, my co-watching partner, Michael, asked, like, hey, I want to get into My Hero. Let's get started since the fourth season is going to be airing for the fall season. And we started this past Monday, which, uh, if to, to not, to give people kind of a time frame... Uh, that was on the 30th of September, and we are already uh, halfway through season two. Uh, so we've been uh, speed <laughs> speed watching it like nobody's business. And I finally get the appeal of why my hero is so popular. I think it's a really fun show. It taps into the... Um, the western aesthetic of superheroes really well that um u.s anime fans can attach to i think it's a story about um kind of overcoming the odds and people always love a good underdog story which deku basically is and he's got a really unique cast of characters around him plus if you're watching the sub it has amazing english throughout (laughs) throughout the show that is always entertaining My only complaint with it is, as someone who watches uh, One Piece, people always said to me, oh, my hero's pacing is so much better. It's so much better than the typical shonen like Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece. And to some extent, that's true. Like their tournament fighting arc, which is in season two, they actually don't uh, drag out fights like a typical shonen would do. But I would still say that there's uh, pacing... Uh, tropes that you see in typical shonen that is common in My Hero Academia, from the overuse of flashbacks to of uh, what happened the previous week to long uh, opening and ending song that eats up time to 
to a long amount of time before they get to the title card. So I think the pacing thing and the pacing praise is a bit overblown. Uh, but that doesn't derail my enjoyment of the show. And it, and I am kind of jealous that uh, my hero takes breaks. Because uh, I would rather have uh, One Piece uh, take breaks so that way the story could uh, be a bit sped up. So that way we're not having to do like half a chapter an episode uh, in One Piece compared to uh, my hero. Which is probably doing like a chapter and a half. Yeah, I think that uh, My Hero does go fairly briskly overall. Uh, it is certainly, it certainly does have the typical shonen anime problem of, of trying to have way too many characters, uh, you know, try to introduce them and give their own backstories while also focus on these plots. Of course, you have the typical uh, tournament arcs. I think season two was pretty much just a tournament arc in and of itself. Yep. Yeah, for the most part. There were, there were a few other things as well, but yeah, the tournament arc was the main focus. I think having not really seen One Piece, comparing that directly, I think that it is better than what most people think of in these typical shows, you know, Dragon Ball with their multi-episode powering up segments, uh, same with Naruto with all this filler that's just there and not really, uh, doesn't really do much to serve the plot, pushing it forward. I was talking with Bill about it recently, actually, and like, I watched Naruto start to finish, and I have no apologies for that. (laughs) I do. But... (laughs) So, um, I was saying, like, they're literally, and I I mean this 100% literally, there was a fight where Naruto and the villain were in a headspace for five episodes with Naruto trying to shake his hand, and they, every episode it started with Naruto giving the same speech, and then went to a flashback, and I'm just like, can we, can we not, (laughs) like, just finish up? (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I mean, compared to your more famous names or classic shonen series like dragon ball and naruto and bleach like the pacing in my hero is is light speed in comparison but there's still but there's still shonen tropes that i've noticed that are common in one piece like the over like repeating the same positive phrase over and over again (laughs) yep which i don't understand why they say that one because none of the characters really say it in the show yeah uh (laughs) <laughs> that so that and uh, overuse of flashback and a lot of uh, recap of like the previous week so there's still some tropes yeah. in there but i get its appeal and i and i've grown to uh, like it it hasn't topped one piece of course because i've invested too much time into one piece to that for that to drop but yeah you're you're, you're committed <laughs> yeah but i i finally understand and appreciate the appeal of of my Hero academia I, I think the characters are, are really really good in that show uh despite being a very shonen s sort of deal when we look at a lot of those kind of shows the main character is a little more you know gung-ho and uh you know very full of himself to some degree but we see deku is just so different than your typical shonen protagonist uh, even though he does get powered up you know, season after season becomes, you know, he feels that hero role. I think his characterization is very refreshing, mm. comparatively. Mm-hmm. I agree. Deku's a very good uh, hero. Okay. Uh, so, Ryan, what have you been uh, watching, playing, etc.? My plethora of American shows, but I've also been, um, I've been playing through Link's Awakening. I just finished my third run through. I did a three heart challenge on hero mode, and that was a freaking gauntlet. Um, <laughs> I... 
also finished Yoshi's Island on the SNES on Switch. Oh yeah. A lot of other things also. Medshelf is doing a uh, spooky episode, so we've been we streamed yesterday some of the games we're going to be talking about, and that was that was a lot of fun. Awesome. So I had you have you played Yoshi's Island? Before? Yeah, I played it on the Game Boy Advance when I was a kid, and I just kind of okay. I looked at the uh, catalog that they had, and I was like, you know what? It's been a long time since I played this. I'm going to play this game because it's great, and I did, and it, it still is great. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's the best SNS game, but personally, I think it is one of my favorites, if not my favorite, just because of how much I've enjoyed. Yeah, it's definitely it not the best, but it's again. definitely up there. Yeah, absolutely agree, and. uh so yeah, as far as Link's Awakening, uh, I know that the dungeon building mode is a very contentious point among people. What are your thoughts on on that? It's a good first step. I would like I personally loved Mario Maker this summer. Like I had a ton of fun mm-hmm. getting together with people and just like building stages and like trying to complete each other's stages. So yeah. I'm very much in favor of fan driven content because if you give yeah. fans an avenue to like show their love for a series, they will. And Zelda Maker, or the Dungeon Maker, is definitely what that is. <laughs> but um, it, it's very restrictive. Like, most of the time, you have to, like, put them in a certain shape and, like, fill blocks and whatnot. But it also mm-hmm. does allow you to freeform, but every single dungeon tile is pre-made. So you have to use what you're given. And I kind of oh. wanted something that would allow me to actually design each dungeon tile, like make the layout of the dungeon, put the doors where I want to, make the stairs go where I want them to. That was actually my biggest grief, is if you put stairs anywhere in the dungeon, they automatically link up to what stairs they think they should be linked to. So you can't be really creative with that. You have to kind of go with what it thinks, and if it doesn't do what you want, you have to rearrange it until it does, which was a pain, and I feel like could be very easily fixed. But other than that, I think it's a very good stepping point. Like, if they actually try to do it properly, I think they can. And it did give me a lot of stuff to do after the post-game, so. Well, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I'd heard you got individual rooms from as, as the story progressed. Yeah. You can also scan Amiibo to unlock special rooms, which those were good, but oh, okay. I kind of, like, I, I still wanted more, you know? Yeah, exactly. I know after Nintendo shut down that fan-made Zelda Maker mod a few <laughs> yeah, years back, I, remember that. I think a, a lot of people were, were clamoring for, for them to do an official release, and I feel like it's what people kind of wanted out of this, and it just, just really fell short. Yeah, but in fairness, I don't see why they would shove Zelda Maker into another game, because yeah. it also didn't really have the thing the support that Mario Maker had, where, like, it had online servers where you could share codes and everything. You had to do really jank mm. things to, like, share your stages. So it didn't really work super well. Okay. Well, as for myself, I have been playing another game released on the same day as Link's Awakening. Uh, the Untitled Goose Game. Oh my god, yes. Mm. I forgot to mention that, too. It's so good. Oh, the memes. It's so good. It was worth every penny I paid yep. for that. Uh, I really shouldn't have to introduce this game, this untitled game, by the way. Uh, if you've been on the internet the past few weeks, you no doubt have seen the plethora of memes surrounding <laughs> the goose. Uh, it is it is hilarious. Uh, it is a little on the short side. I think I beat it in about four hours and didn't really take the time to 100% it. Uh, there's a lot of hidden goals that appear. Yeah, I felt, I felt no inclination to... Uh to do that with yeah, this one. It, it gives you a lot of like hidden goals after you beat the game and some of them are pretty complex. Some of those are things that 
I just don't really want to go back and have to do. I, I did some of them personally, but what I didn't want to do was the time trial thing. Yeah, Because nah. I was just <laughs> like, I don't really want to speedrun this. This game, it, it's fun as is. I don't really want to have to I think uh, I think the game wins, wins in, its, in its charm, both the aesthetic and yeah. just the simple joy of being this jerk goose of running around and causing havoc. And a lot of that is just discovering what you have to do to create... The, you know, this this havoc and ruin these people's lives. Um, so to turn it around into a time trial thing, that's that's not really what I enjoyed about the game. Yeah, same. I enjoyed just like going around, but I found out. Uh, do you care about spoilers for what happens if you hundred percent it? Uh, go ahead. You get a crown, and if you go back to where the uh, where the lady who puts the ribbon on you, and you leave the crown there, she'll put the crown on you, and you can terrorize <laughs> the town as King Goose. I haven't played the untitled goose game i've just really enjoyed the memes and one thing i've i kind of love about it kind of blowing up on the internet is that in contrast to most games that have to be like giant uh open world quest games uh, this simple simplistic game has been able to just captivate uh an audience and i think i think that's what i kind of enjoy about the the explosion of the untitled goose games just like not everything has to be this complex uh, world-building grand idea. Like, if you just have a good, simple premise, people will gravitate to it. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I liked. Like, I, the game was a little short, and I wish it was a little longer. It had a little more content. But I think just the sheer charm that exudes from this game, like, made it worth the purchase. I, I would consider this a really great game just on that. Uh, even though the gameplay wasn't at all like Katamari. I do feel it's got a lot of that same charm that Katamari did and the very simple graphics, the sort of goofy concept, and the fact you can just go around and kind of be a jerk to people. Yeah, for sure. And just, you know, enjoy that, that gameplay. Uh, uh, it was, was really, really fun. And it's fun watching other people play the game to see that joy that just sparks out <laughs> from them. Uh, like, discovering the ways they can be an asshole to people <laughs> as a goose. Yeah. And, like, Let's be honest. The animal of a goose is really hilarious. A goose in and of itself. Yeah, it, it, it's so on point. Of just like everybody knows that geese are yeah. assholes, and you're just kind of goofy the way you waddle and you like honk at people and like spread your wings and run around. Just just watching the goose move around in and of itself is uh, is hilarious. Uh, other than that, uh, I've been slowly playing more Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, just slowly taking my time with that. It is very much a comfortable RPG, and I wouldn't say it breaks any any molds for sure. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting to see this old school JRPG mechanic and all these these typical systems, you know, intermixed with these new like HD graphics and you know ambitious soundtrack. Uh, so I won't say it's like amazing, but uh, I will. I think I said this before on one of the last podcasts that. You know, if you're looking for an intro into the Dragon Quest universe now, after seeing Hero and Smash Brothers, uh, I would highly recommend picking up Eleven as a as an entry point into the series. I've heard a lot of people saying that, so that's good to know. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Again, it's something. Um, if you're not into classic JRPG turn-based stuff, you're probably not going to dig it, and that's okay. But if you are, and you sort of miss that from the older like PlayStation or Super Nintendo days. I would recommend picking this up. It is it's very much a fun game in that in that way. That's good. All right, so let's get into the meat of the podcast now. So before we talk about our individual shows, let's just kind of do a a summary of the other stuff, the other things we've been watching. 
I know that Bill, you've also been catching up uh, on this this show with this crazy title. Do you love your mom and her two-hit multi-target attacks? Yep, I actually watched through the entire show, uh, and they basically have basically said at the ending, "You're gonna get a season two of this show." How nice of them! Mm. How nice. I I would say the show for the most part is not is not good. <laughs> the, <laughs> what 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 makes the show entertaining? is the main character of the show which is the mom character because of her naivete and just her out down cheer of just the situation and just her interactions with people is that's what makes the show <laughs> uh I, I and as for fan service like in the early parts it was pretty egregious uh <laughs> uh but it's they kind of let up on that after a while uh, which was good. So the biggest takeaway was I just really enjoyed her and her interactions with everybody. Like the, her son is a, a, a bag of bricks. Like he's not interesting at all. <laughs> and as the rest of the other side characters are just kind of anime tropes of like the Cinderay and the Yandere character and the cute Lolly character, which um, whatever. I've, I've seen that a million times, but uh, I think they kind of <laughs> struck gold with the, the seiyuu they chose for the mom and the, her inflections and kind of her interactions, which uh, I think the internet <laughs> kind of uh, would eat up. Uh, but uh, in general, this this past season has been, uh, let's torture Bill by watching uh, light novel adaptations, because... <laughs> uh, I was making my friend Michael watch the mom to hit target attacks, and I'll briefly mention the show. Is uh, he made me watch this other show called "If It's for My Daughter, I'd Even Defeat a Demon a Demon Lord." <laughs> That's a ridiculous name. Yeah, it's it's also a generic fantasy light novel show. Sounds like it. Uh, the only good thing about it was the little girl who's like the main girl. Uh, <laughs> I basically made a drinking game of the amount of times that she says the the main character's name, Dale. And she says it like five or six times each episode. So <laughs> we just started just doing a, doing a counter to it. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, just, it's this cute girl doing cute things in a fantasy world and... This, this main guy being kind of super overprotective about her, which is kind of uh, annoying. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of my... Uh, like, if you're making me watching this mom show, I'm, I'm going to make you watch this as punishment. So it, it's kind of forgettable. Kind of going back to some of what we were saying in the last podcast, uh, I know people had hopes that maybe there would be more... Uh, you know, it would show more about their relationship between this mom and her son... And I think uh, I think it was either you or Sarah that mentioned, you know, maybe this is going to be something to encourage these loner Japanese, uh, you know, young adults to sort of reach back out of their parents to take care of them in their old age. Did you see that by the end of the show? They were still heavy into that theme of just like uh, re- try and reconnecting to your parent, and your parent will always love you, and that was a. That was a constant theme, even within the kind of the last story arc, because at the last story arc, they have to deal with this tower and they do it with a bunch of these older moms 
that are there to um, say save their sons who were working for the bad guy, and it just it gets so <laughs> convoluted. Uh, but yeah, that 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 sort of messaging that uh, me and Sarah were hinting at was still heavily there. Okay, I mean, I guess you could say at least it has that going for it, right? I guess. I, I, I guess if, you, if you're excited about that message, good for you, I guess. So other than that, uh, have uh, either of you guys been watching anything else besides your main uh, show? No, I, I didn't really pick anything else this season. Actually, no, that's not true. I was watching Fire Force. Uh, oh, I have one one more. I watched, uh, or actually I flew to Japan to watch Kagi-san mm. Season 2 uh, okay. since uh, the first season was on Crunchyroll, but for some reason the second season was on uh, Netflix in Japan, and Netflix uh, has not given a hint of we're going to release it That's here, weird. Which makes me sad. To kind of keep this short, if you liked Kagi-san and uh, the main kind of fun uh, teasy kind of um, jokey and uh, hints of a romantic relationship between the two leads in the first season of Takagi-san, you'll probably like Takagi-san season 2. You can find Kagi-san Season 2 in uh, places on the internet if, uh, if you want to watch it. And I, if you liked Season 1, you'll, you'll really like Season 2. I hope there's another season of it because I really enjoy these, uh, the fun interactions between the two characters. It's really innocent and fun. Uh, and it's, it's, just, it's, yeah. a, it's a warm show. It makes me happy. Right, right. And any any moment now, Andrew's going to burst through that microphone and start talking about Takagi. Yes. All right. Well, other than that, I've, I was watching uh, Oh Maidens in Your Savage Seasons uh, for a bit. I got up to episode eight or so, and I really haven't caught up, but uh, I was still very much enjoying that. Uh, very much a sort of goofy comedy where a lot of that is seeing how awkward our main characters are. Uh, and uh, yeah, I... It was it was really enjoyable. I would still recommend it, but I haven't seen the last you know the last act, so I can't exactly give my total review on that. Uh, but I know a lot of people were enjoying that, and unfortunately, I didn't really catch up on how heavy are the dumbbells you lift. Although I still can see a lot of people talk about how great that show was, and even the ending was kind of fantastic. Edwin's going to talk about that one on the other episode. Yeah, very, very much looking forward to uh, to see his review on that, because I think he would enjoy it as well. It actually made him want to work out. <laughs> <laughs> like, not even lying, it legitimately was his motivation for, like, asking me to go work out. Nice. Well, there you go. If you want to if you wanna get in better health, you want to, you know, start learning how to exercise and get into that routine, then watch anime. Yep. I can't believe I'm saying that in 2019, <laughs> but here you go. Uh, but I really enjoyed that, and I still unfortunately have not been caught up on Carol and Tuesday. Uh, I know Ed's been screaming at the, you know, his phone right now at me. But uh, we're going to do a podcast episode on that, I'm sure, because I've heard nothing but amazing things about Carol and Tuesday. I think uh, Watanabe and you know the people under his direction sort of hit that out of the park uh, from everything I've seen. So I uh, look forward to that. And uh, uh, Netflix announced that the second part of Carol on Tuesday which is the final 12 episodes are going to be released on uh, Christmas Eve December That's 24th cool. that'll be that'll be anime's Christmas <laughs> present to me <laughs> what you gotta leave now you're worrying out you're welcome no one here wants to see
that kind of wraps up uh, sort of the other shows this season. Uh, let's kind of go into what we specifically watched, however. Uh, so again, if you haven't listened to the first two episodes of this, go back and do that now. It's going to be very heavy spoiler territory. Oh, by the way, there were spoilers for the earlier shows as well, but I guess that's too late now. Uh, <laughs> but anyway... We'll put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode in editing. <laughs> Alright, so the first thing, Bill, you watched Fire Force. Uh... Yeah, I totally watched Fire Force. Uh, I feel like I'm a student that went to school and didn't study for the test. Uh, <laughs> Bill's watched... a bad anime fan and is behind. I am. Uh, uh, I, I did watch a bit more of Fire Force. Um, where I am on the show, I think I'm on episode 8 or 9. Because uh, where I am, uh, our, our main team... Uh, invaded the uh, Firehouse 5, which is the research unit, with yeah. with the uh, dominatrix leader who had a relationship with their kind of priest. Uh, and uh, watching it, uh, it just made me admire, like, David Productions. Man, the animation quality in this show is so good. Because um, mm. especially... Because um, at one point, there is... Um, when they're facing the main bad guy of um, uh, Firehouse 5, um, she's able to produce this uh, tree that looks like a cherry blossom with individual uh, leaves falling down onto the ground and just uh, just the amount of detail and the lighting in it just just kind of took my breath away. And uh, Yeah, the animation quality is top-notch. Yeah, I just wish the story was there to kind of back up the animation quality because I still am struggling to kind of um, relate to the characters or get invested in their story. Because yeah. uh, for me, the main character, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. What's his name, Ryan? Akuma. Uh, Akuma, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm just, I've watched so much Shonen at this point, it's just like, okay, typical Shonen character with a mysterious backstory and they just haven't really give given him uh i think a personality that i can attach to it's very shonen of just i want to be the hero and yeah uh, his i want to be the hero was a little overt and i'm just like you're not supposed to be a hero you're supposed to be a firefighter <laughs> uh yeah and the other side characters within his unit i feel have not really gotten any screen time to develop into their own characters except for a few have yeah a few have but like it was so minor that it's like you know you don't really actually relate to them yeah they're just kind of one note like um his kind of rival the one who wants to be like a knight is just like that's just his joke is he's just very chivalrous and uh always thinking of things in like uh king arthur's court like he sh- his nickname should be sir lancelot yeah. Well, his uh, name is Arthur. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You missed uh, that part. <laughs> I, did, I did miss that part. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, the characters are kind of one note. And um, there's also a very um, Soul Eater type fan service, which um, I can just kind of forget about. Yeah, cause... a lot of people were complaining about the fan service. I didn't think it was that bad until. There was one episode, which I don't think you've gotten to yet, so I won't spoil it for you. But basically, um, he was fighting this other guy with the girl who's 
quirk is she's just unlucky and always has like guys feel her up as a result of that. And um, they did it once, and I was just like, okay, you got your fan service in. And then they did it two more times, like very quickly, and it just killed the momentum for me. I'm just like, this is a very serious scene with a very big reveal. Can we like try to take this seriously, please? But like other than that, like the fan service, I could just kind of like shrug my head, at, like shrug my shoulders at her, like laugh at. It was not bad, but that one, I was just like, come on, guys, you're better than this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the the one female character that's not the priest, I think it, it, I just feel like she's just there to, for fan service sake. Yeah, basically. Uh, kind of like the cat girl in uh, Soul Eater. Like, she yeah. was just... She well, was this just one's a cat for... girl, too, except her cat uh, ears are made out of fire. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I just, uh, just groan. Bill is uh, broken. Say help. I am. I, sh- I shouldn't be surprised because fire. As, as we said in the previous podcast, Fire Force is written by the same guy who did Soul Eater. So just yeah, tap tapping that same well, huh? Okay. Soul Eater. Uh, it's been a while since I watched Soul Eater though, so I don't really remember like the fan service all that much, except for like whenever people were like their weapon form, if it showed them like in the thoughts they were naked which i was just like okay <laughs> but yeah that, oh. yeah that's that's what i kind of think here is that people remember like the uh what was her name i can't remember her name the actual witch cat girl character yeah i don't remember like, her name sure, maki she, yeah well i think maki's main the, character. The, like the main girl that's the maki's the witch yeah well i mean like there's an actual witch character that's a cat girl that you constantly see her like her boobs out oh no no, no. the witch and the cat girl are separate characters Oh, okay. Yeah. Maki well, is the witch, case, the cat like, girl. I think, I'm forgetting her name right now. Okay. I, I think most people remember her when they think of, like, fan service and Soul Eater, but having watched it just a, just a few years back, I didn't notice that that... I don't think that was the big issue with Soul Eater. Soul Eater had other issues in my mind. Yeah. But it just seems like a lazy a lazy thing. Like, all right, here's this character that's a cat girl, and she's naked half the time. Or here's this... Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. You're talking about Soul Eater, people? the witch cat girl. Yeah, that's Blair. Blair, Blair, there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they separated yeah, the so witch like, and the cat girl in this one. Okay. So so so, so for double the fans. Double the fan service, correct. <laughs> and that, that's kind of what I see here, at least the few episodes I did see, that they're they're there, but they just seem like they're just kind of over to the side. They're just kind of lazy scenes. Like like you mentioned, there's the scene happening that's kind of big and dramatic. And let's just throw in some uh you know, some groping, some casual groping there that just happens to, to be there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh it's 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 certainly not the, the focal point of the show, either show really, but it's just kind of there and it, 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 it provides a, a dark mark, I guess, against what could otherwise be a pretty good show. I yeah. just I just kinda wish, kinda getting us back to Fire Force, I wish that the story matched the high quality production values that David Productions is doing. Because uh, it just it's it's it seems like just a waste of of uh, the the amount of work and quality they're putting into the show, from my for from my opinion. Like if you're enjoying Fire Force's story, good on you. Uh, like I enjoyed the fight. I think scene. the story is good, but it's unfortunately not the focus as it should be. Yeah, I'm like the world. I think is interesting. Like the whole thing, the the reveal that they that each um, firehouse unit was basically its own autonomous unit and how they're working against each other. 
I thought that was interesting, but they don't really focus on that. It's more about the individual character and kind of their set goals. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's kind of unfortunate, but I know uh, this is kind of the big hit. I think uh, a lot of people are going to be watching this just because it's the big advertised Shonen show. Uh, so I guess we'll see in the next season if they kind of redeem it and they try to make make it more story-focused. Who knows? Mm. All right. Any closing thoughts on uh, Fire Force, then? Uh, just it looks really pretty, uh, and the animation quality is, is fantastic. I just wish it matched... Uh, the visuals matched, or the story matched the uh, visual the quality. Visuals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is really good. Like the visuals definitely are what dragged me in, and the plot is passable enough that I'm enjoying it. I just hope they kind of die down the fan service a little bit because it is a bit much, and made the characters more than just kind of one note. Yeah, well, I have a feeling we're gonna get like start to get more development with certain characters, so I'm not super worried about that. Okay. The only thing I have to say about Fire Force is that I too watched Promare and loved it. <laughs> I still have not had a chance yet, and I want to. I want to get a break this weekend or this week and go see it. But given how my work schedule uh, has been going lately, that doesn't seem likely. Oh, uh, with the uh, with the love of fire lately with Fire Force and Promare, uh, I'm I'm hoping that um, Sega will say, "Huh, we have the this this." video game called the burning rangers why don't we make that an anime get on the fire trend <laughs> yeah they, they should bring that back for sure yes. that'd be great if we if we can get shinmu 3 then certainly we can get yeah shinmu 3 was honestly a meme for a long time it, it may or may not be coming out here what in the next month or so uh yeah, yeah. i think it's november is when that's coming we'll see burning burning rangers anime 2021 let's make it happen okay all right so another show that both of you guys have been watching that i have yet to start is vinland saga yep you gotta say about Venom Saga. It real good. It real, <laughs> real good. Yep. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Um it gave me like a massive fire emblem vibe, as I said in the um in the other episode. And I just like really enjoyed every second of it so far. And it was funny, like I had started in the last episode we talked about, I had started saying how I was like, yeah, Thor's is a very good protagonist. I like him a lot. And then the real protagonist revealed himself the next episode because Thor's got dead. <laughs> it was one of those fake outs of, you know, 
you don't think the main character is the or you think the main character is the main character until you realize the main character is not the main character so is is it just sort of to refresh my memory like thor's is is like the the dad yeah he's yeah. the dad and he's like he's like the biggest badass viking who ever lived and then thorfinn is the son is the son yeah. the show actually follows. yeah the show actually follows him like trying to get revenge for his father's death because the guy who killed him was a bit of an asshole about it he it makes no sense to me because he's like traveling with the guy who killed his dad to learn how to get stronger to kill the guy who killed his dad while like doing this he's taking his orders and i'm just like there's got to be an easier way to do this. Just poison his food or something. <laughs> but Ryan, the more I've watched Vinland Saga, the more I've thought, like, this is basically modern-day Berserk. It's it's modern-day Berserk of a main character is dealing with uh, an enormous tragedy. A tra- tragedy. Tragedy. <laughs> if, I can, if I can speak. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the main character is working under... a. Uh, Tolfin is working under a main character that uh, he despises or wants to get better at, similar to Guts. He didn't hate Griffith, though. No, he was, like, bitter of just, like, I, you beat me. I'm working under you because you beat me. Uh, well, and that, yeah. And, that, and that's kind of how I'm feeling. And so just the more and more this show has gone on, the more I've gotten a uh, berserk vibe. Like, our, our friend Will, who think has been on the podcast like yeah he's been on a few times he should be watching vinland saga because if you love berserk this totally uh, scratches that itch yeah i don't know we've been um i've been enjoying it and i i think i think edwin watched a bit of vinland saga as well but like anybody i've talked to has just been like oh yeah this is the anime to watch this season it's absolutely incredible yeah it's uh being made by studio wit who everyone knows is from attack on titan and uh, they're really putting their uh, production values uh, up top with uh, really good um, fight scenes that are very fluid and fast. Um, like at one moment, uh, Tolfin has to fight basically this, this giant brute who's guarding this bridge. And just his movement all around the bridge and him just kind of zigzagging back and forth yeah. is just pretty, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that dude had another Thor name as well. Yeah, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Norse names in uh, Vinland Saga. Are you caught up? I'm like two episodes behind. Okay, so the the guy Thorfinn and uh, Thor something the other the big guy the the deserter. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was just like, "Ah, you're the son of Thor's," and. He, he was like, yes, I am. How do you know my father? And I thought they were going to go for the trope of, he's my father too. But, uh, because his uh, name was also Thor. But they thankfully didn't do that, because I was like, that would be a little weird. Yeah, I but I I really enjoyed the story of, of Vinland Saga, of Tolfin kind of um, going through his, uh, going through the, the after effects of his father's death, using that as fuel to basically survive learn how to hunt learn how to fight and yeah. uh just him kind of learning the the cruelty of the world like the, there's one episode where he gets uh he kind of gets lost from the crew that he was he becomes a part of where he meets this older woman and her grandson or granddaughter where they yeah. take, where they take care of him and kind of heal him back up to health after this big fight and he kind of learns, like, even though you helped me, 
and even if I try and help you, there's gonna be there's always gonna be an external force that is causing um, death, like war, yeah, death, death and destruction because of war, and it's just it's a cruel world out there, um, which is another common berserk trope of just yeah. it's it's a cruel, it's less nihilistic than berserk for sure though because berserk like. I've been reading the manga recently as well because Will made me, and um, <laughs> I got I'm about like a hundred some odd chapters in, and it, it has left me feeling dead inside on multiple occasions. Like there's just so much weird stuff that happens in Berserk, and I'm just like, why is this doing this to my emotions? This isn't fair. Yeah, you're you're right. Um, Vinland Saga is not as nihilistic and cold. Nihilistic, yeah. As uh. As, as berserk, but I, uh, but again, it, it really uh, scratches that. It plus, it is still continuing the greatest anime opening of the season, aka Lincoln Park. Lincoln yeah. Park did an opening. <laughs> it's very good. Like I like it a lot. Granted, it's going to change once uh, the second half of the season starts. No, probably. no, because I think they did reveal they did reveal the new one, right? I uh, I did not know this. I'm so sad. Uh, Sorry, uh, Bill's uh, bubble has been thoroughly burst. Uh, it's it's okay. Uh, uh, my hero also has a very Lincoln Park rap song in it. So if, if yeah, it yeah. does. My hero has a lot of good openings. It, it, if the Vinland Saga rap Lincoln Park song goes away, I have the one for my hero to keep me entertained. But it, <laughs> but it, but anyway, uh, I, yeah, the open the opening's very good. I the, enjoy it. The opening's very good. I the only thing that kind of bums me out is it's in Amazon Prime Jail, and most as I said in the previous podcast, I think it's hard for people because everything is either concentrated on Crunchyroll or Funimation stuff that's on the third party streaming services like Amazon and Netflix kind of get lost in the shuffle. Netflix uh, less so, but also Netflix seems to be losing its market share a little bit, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen, because there are a lot of Netflix anime that are good, but at the same time, there are also a lot of Netflix anime that are, like, really bad. I, I do like that Amazon is releasing one episode a week, and that they're not um, just dumping it all uh, there, in there one is go. There's a problem I had with Amazon's model at first, it was because they would... Um, to promote new shows that they thought would be big, they would dump, like, three episodes at once. And they did that with Vinland Saga. Like, they did, they dumped a couple. It wasn't, like, five. It wasn't, like, three, but it was a lot. And I was like, I'm gonna forget, like, to go back and watch this show by the time, like, I'm ready to actually, like, watch it. Because it's gonna have, gonna have been three weeks since I'm getting a new episode. Yeah, that, I don't understand why because it's you lose momentum by having that kind of three week break. But um, they're kind it's of back. Good, it's good promotion, I guess. But that promotion kind of gets lost when people move on. Yeah, forget about the show. Yeah, forget about it. So it's kind of the promotion is mo- it becomes a moot point at that point. The uh, problem I also have with Amazon is I don't I like getting I have like apps and stuff that I use to track my television, and I like getting notified when there's a new episode of a show I'm following. So that way I can just not have to remember like, okay, so like Monday is Vinland saga and like such, but it doesn't, Amazon doesn't have anything for that. So it's very annoying to actually keep track of. 
Yeah, and their their layout is also really bad. But that's another. I don't mind their layout actually. Their layout's fine for me. But like a lot of people have complained about that. But for me, like basically, what I do is like I'll forget about the show for like two weeks and then just binge like the few weeks of episodes that I missed and. I, I enjoy doing it that way, actually, because, like, I don't have to wait week to week, and, like, I'm very busy as is now, so I don't really have the time to, like, watch things regularly, so, yeah, it, it does, it does a good job of keeping me engaged, though, like, I am still very much enjoying the show, and I do look forward to, like, sitting down and binging, like, a chunk of episodes. Yeah, uh, I am also hoping um, that, since there's a lot of uh, material they have to cover that we could hopefully get a second season. And since, I, since, since it's well, we're getting like a we're getting like a uh, continuation right now. But Vinland Saga has also apparently been going for like a very long time. Yeah, so they have a, it's still ongoing. So they're gonna they still have more material that they could adapt. So uh, yeah, I and I think it would be totally worth it because um, I would argue that. Uh, Vinland Saga is the best show of the season. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I 100% agree with you on that. So I guess my question here is, I know that it's it's billed more as a historical fiction type show, uh, which I think is neat since we don't get a whole lot of, of that in anime. I feel We like. have fate. <laughs> That's, I wouldn't call it historical fiction. <laughs> it's very much fiction now. Let's just, be real here. Just, just, just because they say King Arthur and like other historical names. King Arthur was yeah. a girl. <laughs> That's, <laughs> but anyway, um, how do you have, so how is the show approaching realism? Is there more fantastical elements in the fight scenes? No, there's not. I haven't really seen any like supernatural anything. It's all very down to earth. Like there are some people who have, I'm going to say abilities as a very loose term, but I mean abilities as in like skillfulness, yeah. like combat prowess, I suppose is the better term for it. They're very capable. Like this guy was able to huck straight up boulders across a bridge at other ships and i'm just i don't <laughs> think so <laughs> like i don't think any human being has ever had the ability to do this i could be very very wrong but i don't think i am but, I, but um, excluding like the but, kind of um probably exaggerated ability of of some characters powers and brute strength uh i would say the combat uh and the uh environment at the time is very historically accurate from what i can surmise of just there's a to get a boat moving it's people in individual uh rows uh with it with a rower that was actually now that you mentioned that that reminds me of like one of the first couple episodes where they're getting ready to go off to war and it's like eight rowers on one side and thor's with just mm -hmm. a big ass oar on the other like by himself and i'm just like i get what you're uh, doing again we get, uh the supernatural strength is probably the the only <laughs> exaggerated thing in the show i would i would i would surmise yeah that's like pretty much the only thing and it's very comedic it's like the way it does it so uh or it's it's kind of used to like show like this character is a badass pretty much um, but I would say, uh, in terms of combat and in terms of the look of the show, it's historically accurate. Now I don't know if um, the it's historical in terms of like the characters and like the history. Uh, well, I know that Leif Erikson is real for sure, but the other characters yeah, like I, I don't know uh, much of the history. 
I don't know if Ascalad actually existed. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've fought it on some people, and they've said that it, it's historical enough. It's accurate enough. Yes, that's a good way of saying it. If it's not real, I don't care. <laughs> I think there's a point where they talk about, like, Christian missionaries showing up at some point. Yeah, Christianity has actually been a pretty big, like, not really a theme, but a discussion point in the past few episodes. Okay. Like, because the, the Norse prince is, uh, he converted to christianity and you like see him praying at a cross mm. and um yeah so it does it does some interesting things with that and like there were a lot of uh norse that just liked christianity so they abandoned like the old gods in favor of you know following christianity um so yeah it's very interesting it does have like a lot of historical aspects and i'm pretty sure the wars that they reference and or are involved in are real wars that happened around the time that they are said to have happened in the show like right now the vikings are sacking england and i know for certain that that is a thing that happened in history in like the 11th century i just don't know if it's like exactly when they say it was but they give exact years so I think they'd be kind of fools to not just, like, wing it a little yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. And I guess to go back to the uh, comparison to Berserk from earlier, uh, we you mentioned uh, the, oh, the that whole, like, negative, dark uh, nihilism from Berserk. Uh, is this show still kind of gritty like Berserk is and very gritty, real, gritty realism in that sense? Kind of. It's Berserk, to me, like, the grittiness just kind of added to the tone this one it really doesn't and they actually use the grittiness for comedic purposes sometimes but it does have its serious moments and its serious in, moments are really well done in terms but, of um, grittiness i would say it's very gritty and it's it it's depiction of just how uh cold the world can be at times especially during war and what's happening to tolfin yeah. visually uh it's much more colorful compared to berserk that was very <laughs> that was very um dark and brown and black and red um it's a it's a lot more colorful but in terms of character and just kind of the the aspects of just war i would say it matches that grittiness i haven't gotten to the part where uh ryan is i'll be interested to see how they handle christianity because in berserk uh, christianity is a common topic where they show how corrupt uh the the uh christian churches are in terms of power and lust yeah the holy the holy knights are not so holy yeah so i'll be interested to see how vinland saga handles christianity when i get to that point in the show it was really just um last couple episodes that really really dealt with it i I guess the question then is have they wrapped up that that arc or do you think they're going to go in the next season talking more about these missionaries no they have not wrapped it up is that kind of a uh, like a major plot point? Are they going to focus on sort of this the, the 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 whole new ways versus the old ways? Do you think? I think I don't really know. Like, because the last few episodes have been dealing with them being at war with England, okay, and uh, just you know Thorfinn continuing to try to avenge his father by learning as much as he can and then doing what he's told in order to you know do X Y and Z and. Um, I think that's going to be the central point for at least most of the show. I don't know. I didn't look beyond uh, the anime in terms of source material. So I don't know if they're going to uh, 
move past that or if Askeladd's going to be like a main character through the entire series. But given what one of the episodes said um, last or last episode, like he had a dream about his father and his father basically told him like, you know, obviously I miss you, but you don't have to seek revenge for me. I don't want this life for you. So he's like kind of realizing like maybe I'm doing I'm not doing what my father would have wanted me to do. Character development in anime? <laughs> who who the fuck it? Yeah, no, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> All right. So uh, any sort of final thoughts on Vinland Saga? Uh, it looks marvelous. I think it's the best told story of the season, and I think uh, if you haven't been watching it, you should. It's it's pro- I think it's the best one of the bunch. Yep, for sure. Well, I have to disagree because I think the best of this season is my show, Ensemble Stars. <laughs> Let's be honest. No, you don't. <laughs> So this is going to be kind of short, I think. Oh, comedy. All right, so Ensemble Stars. Uh, I just I just finished the, uh, the the end of the season. Apparently it's going to go for maybe one more season. It's a big question mark. Uh, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I looked on my anime list and it had a question mark. So I'm like, oh man, you might be stuck on this train for a while. I might be. So we'll, we'll have to see. So, okay. Uh, wh- where do I start with this? It's a... Uh, I uh, I guess overall, uh, I think it had some interesting moments. I think it had a lot of potential that unfortunately they had to squander because this is pretty much a commercial for the phone game. Uh, uh, I, I feel like going into this, uh, I feel like it's kind of like the Joker, which I just saw this past uh, this past Friday. You already so one of them literally snaps and becomes a murderous psychopath. Yeah, so Ensemble Stars is just like the Joker. <laughs> it it's like the Joker in the sense that if you are, if you knew you were into this, you are going to go see it. Uh, but if you're not, yeah. uh, the movie probably wouldn't change your mind. And likewise here, Ensemble Stars, you either are already a fan of this stuff, or already have a predisposition to liking the whole mobile game idol kind of thing and if you're already there this show probably is, is i mean it's going to keep you interested if you're not like me my perspective it's not going to really sell you on it now i do think there were some interesting points uh so i guess my big problem with the show is that plot wise it is a mess the major plot is you have this school that's full of the that's sort of like an idol performance art school like it's built as this big performance art school but let's be honest it's just a school for idol boys that's that's really all it is (laughs) that's all they ever show it's all that's ever important uh so all these boys sort of pair off into not only pair off but they group off into these these units these little boy band groups, and they have to perform in these these events, the Dream Idol Festivals, uh, they call them. And there's a lot of politics that go on to the point where the major plot point is our new group, uh, Trickstar, is uh, sort of planning a revolution to rise up against the student council that 
sort of holds the school and its iron grip and sort of you know ruling everything and, and holding on to the what poppies. is this kill a kill exactly that's that's exactly what the first episodes reminded me of even more so because there's a boy that has black hair with a red streak in it and one of the big uh, school council uh, members is a little pink haired character just like nona <laughs> so there's a lot of hmm. weird similarities to kill a kill uh in that regard but uh so yeah, you've got the main plot point of this. They're starting this revolution against the, uh, the the established order, but you've also got a bunch of these other groups that show up as well. And I feel like you kind of had to have them because again, this is a commercial for the phone game, and all the fans already have their favorite boys, their favorite music, their favorite groups. So you can't not. So have them. why were you watching this one this season instead of Sarah? Because I said somebody pick me a show, I will watch it no matter what. And Sarah said Ensemble Stars, <laughs> so I took it as a challenge. Uh, okay, I, I'm more than happy to. I'm sense. more than happy to experiment and try new things, and I'm gonna stick with it simply because I I need to get out of my bubble, and yeah, so that's kind of why I'm sticking with this. But. Uh, in the immortal words of Carl from Lamos with Hats, I feel like I've been issued a challenge. <laughs> I was, and uh, I'm going to accept this challenge. I'm going to see it all the way through. But, uh, yeah, I think the problem problem here is that you've got the main plot, but you've got all these other boy groups that they have to introduce. The This ep- this series has a big problem with flashbacks, way more than My Hero Academia Wow. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't want to mention it earlier when you were talking about it, but... Whatever my hero does with flashbacks is tame in comparison to this. <laughs> there are points where there's whole ep- they have like whole episode flashbacks that honestly sometimes confused me about where the timeline happens. Like, is this happening now? Is this happening in the past? Like, where, where, are, what is are actually you, taking are you sh- place? Are here? you sure this isn't lost? Like, watching anime lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a fl- I never would have thought we would compare this to Lost of all shows, but here we are. <laughs> So this was created by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse with production assistance from J.J. Abrams? <laughs> I'd watch that, to be honest. <laughs> well, that's lost. Yeah. I'd, watch, I'd watch Anime Idol Boys uh, as produced by J.J. Abrams. Uh. But, uh, uh, but I, I guess, uh, I mean, I, I, I feel like the flashbacks were kind of useful. You know, the, the, whole, the whole shtick is that the big bad group, uh, Fine, which I thought was fine because it's just the word fine uh so the whole time watching yep this is fine this is fine you gotta brush up on your japanese well anyways it's it's the english words so they all have english names oh most of them do so like trick star is just the word trick and star you know haha and uh, fine is just the word f-i-n-e but it's lowercase like all the other groups have you know proper capitalization so it's really weird watching the subtitles and they're talking about fine, like, oh, this is fine. And this is like, oh, okay. So oh, you God. have to kind of have to get used to that. But the whole idea is that, like, this this group of the the the, the, uh, the student council members have this this ultimate elite group, Fine, and they're they're sort of the villains. There's they have the the school and their iron grip. Uh, and when I say iron grip, it's mostly like this popularity and as far as there's a lot of politics going on here with these these idol groups and the idol events. But in any case, Fine has sort of an iron grip over everything. Trickstar is trying to rise up against them. It turns out through a uh, very egregious use of flashbacks that uh, the guy that runs Fine, uh, Ichi, uh, T- Tinshoyan, I think is the last name, uh, he's got a reason for doing this. Uh, he sort of has 
the puppet mastered a lot of the politics behind the scenes and created a couple like warring states uh, among the idol groups and sort of created a lot of divisiveness uh, for the sole sake of making idol culture better. Uh, (laughs) It's kind of like they they keep going further back in the timeline. So like the school that they're in, uh, Yumenazaki Academy, you know, it's this very prestigious academy for these performance artists, these idol groups. But it, it kind of got run down because a lot of the people got lazy and they realized that, well, we're here in this prestigious academy. We'll just let our reputation, you know, c- carry us. And they're like, well, that's, that's not a good attitude to have. So let's, you know, push people into performing better and working harder. And that's when they could have established this, this very fascist uh, system you know, to push people to uh, just to, to, to make themselves better, I guess. And. I, I get that. I guess I kind of like seeing the big bad redeemed uh, by the end of the series. But they keep introducing more groups. Mm. You have Valkyrie gets introduced halfway through. And I, I do like the little Valkyrie mini arc because they actually do touch upon some of the problems with uh, idol culture and how inhumane it is. Uh, they talk about one character that's very young and he looks... Uh, one, one other character really fascinated with him calls him a porcelain doll. Uh, the guy's really into dolls and the dolphies and that kind of thing. And I, I, I like that it sort of touched upon how inhumane a lot of that fascination with other human beings can be and how that sort of celebrity status um, really messes with people and their mind frame. But unfortunately, Ensemble Stars kind of drops the ball with doing anything with that. Mm. Uh, right after we just see a lot more of the same mobile game sort of terms get thrown around and... Uh, there's a big issue with Trickstar being disbanded for a couple episodes and then coming back together. Yeah. Uh, thanks to you know our Mary Sue self-insert character, Anzu. <laughs> which, I, I, I gotta complain about Anzu here, too. Uh, we started off, she seemed like she was a very interesting character and they could have done stuff with her. The second season, complete, the second season, or the second half of the show, completely forgets Anzu exists. Except she, she oh shows up twice. She shows up once to sort of encourage people back. Uh, she wears a wrestler mask, like a common, uh, like a luchador mask, uh, in a very funny scene. And they mention her, but as a character, she is very much absent. And it is very apparent to me that they're really pushing the boys and making the boys the face of the show. Uh, another major gripe I had was that they keep introducing characters up until like the second to last episode. And that's not a really good thing to do when you're trying to tell a, a coherent story. Well, it sounds like they're probably doing that because they'll be relevant in the later seasons. Yeah, I kind of felt. I mean, it, it was it was relevant then, like to sort of they, they they do this to give more backstory and setting up a lot of what the big bad had done to create the situation. But it felt like to me, time and time again, like, oh, here's a character from the game that has a big fan base. We have to make sure they show up somewhere. I gotcha, yeah. And they just kind of shoehorn them in. And they make a big point of having, like, showing their name and text, having a really frilly border around the screen to make you, you know, as a fan of that character, like, oh, here's your favorite character. They're here, finally. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really where the show falls apart, in that, it really is a big commercial for the, these, this phone game because I, I think in the phone game, it's it's not like a lot of the idle games. It's not really like a uh, rhythm game. It's more of a uh, like RPG in that you're raising stats for your character, mm. the unit that you pick, and you've got. I think there's cart. I, I guess there's gotcha. I would imagine there'd be gotcha because of course. Probably. <laughs> um, 
but it's more about raising this group rather than it is making the performances. Um, so I can see why they would need to put in a, a diverse cast, making sure that all the main units get some screen time here. Unfortunately, that doesn't make for a good show. Um, so that's kind of what I have to complain about that. I mean, that's what anime actually is. It's, it's a commercial for the manga because animes don't make their money back. It's, it's, it's the manga that drives the, the manga or the game that's kind of pushing for an anime to happen. It's just more shows are more egregious with that. And it sounds like that's the kind of the case with uh, Ensemble Stars. Yeah, I, I do have to agree here. I think uh, on the one hand, it reminded me of some of those card game shows like Yu-Gi-Oh! or Beyblade or whatever, mm-hmm. where there's a plot, but it's very bare bones in the sense of just trying to get you to play the game instead. And I kind of felt this is what Ensemble Stars as a whole is very much about, okay, now you like these boys, well then go play the game so you can make them your own. And I kind of felt like that's, that's what it was. So you can own your husband. <laughs> yeah, and... I, I I don't I don't want to just throw that under the bus because that is a, a fan base. Uh, that's just there's that's just what it is. Uh, uh, you know, to make well, it's how Gotcha works in general. Is it's like that's why I played the Kingdom Hearts one because it's like oh I can have these characters and then it's like well, oh but they're charging me a lot of money that's, for that's, these. That's things. typical within idol culture because I I can I can guess probably pretty well why Anzu the producer character is pretty much forgotten about because. One, you don't want her around because you don't want your female fan base to view her as a potential romantic interest for your insert husbando, and that's and that's yeah. the same thing with uh, female idols is they have no romance whatsoever because they're afraid that they will alienate that male fan base that has their one idol that they love and adore, and I and I. Sad to hear that she kind of got relegated to just like just to be there to be there, uh, and as for kind of the messy plot, I'm not surprised because idol shows are not plot driven; they're more character driven uh, shows. From what I've watched with Idol Master and Idolish Seven, is there any character in particular that you kind of like for a kind of their quirk or their kind of one personality trait? Uh, well, hmm, I, I, I do agree for sure that this show is very much character-driven. Uh, there's My problem is that there's way too many characters <laughs> all thrown in at once to make it a little hard to really uh, care for. Um, yeah, that's idle shows. Yeah. Um, I That's the problem with like any show that is based off of a mobile game is they have so many characters that they want you to love. Like, Fate Grand Order has a show as well. I think it's coming out next season. Yeah. And, like, I'm just like... I, I don't want to even touch that because I know how bad of a hole Fate Grand Order is. Yeah. Um, I mean, as for a, like a favorite character, now that I know the show a little more, and uh, rather just kind of assuming they're generic tropes, I, I think there is some pretty cool characters here, pretty good ones. Um, we we've got very generic tropes as well, like the main character, the the main boy of the main group, uh, Akahoshi or Subaru, I think is his first name. Uh, he's very much a puppy, and uh, while that could, was a little annoying at first to see kind of a tropey, oh, he's a puppy boy, uh, I think that as a leader, he comes into his own near the end of the show. Uh, the leader of Undead, I think Rei Sakuma, was really interesting, 
because uh, he's kind of there in both the, the, the history, the ancient history of the Academy, as well as the more recent events. So I kind of like his involvement in everything here. Uh, I do like the little uh, the little two-episode vignette about Valkyrie was interesting, although I can't even remember those characters' names. <laughs> Uh, I, I think the characters were okay. They were they were generally okay. I didn't really have a husbando myself by the end of it, uh, to be fair. Although, no, best character. And he's not necessarily best because he's great. But he's best because he's hilarious. The uh, There's a member of, of Fine that's sort of uh, this actor. And he rides, he rides around in this blimp. And he just shows up in this blimp ra- at random points... He's yelling out amazing in English constantly to the point where that's a, a meme in and of itself that the show references. He's just a big goofball, kind of like crazy, uh, over-the-top character that can be annoying, but I found him kind of charming at the end just because of how goofy yeah. <laughs> uh, his scenes were and the fact he rides around in this like airship constantly chasing people down. Uh, kind of, kind of grew. Tobias, that's kind of funny because in Idol of Seven, which is another male idol show, there's a very similar character to that. That's 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 I'm... all love speaking English like phrases of him just going, "Oh yes, great," and and <laughs> I just kind of being very kind of flamboyant. Like he doesn't have a he doesn't have a blimp, which that's that sounds kind of awesome. <laughs> but that, again, that's that's another common sort of idol idolist trope of just the. American-ish idol uh, <laughs> is kind of how I would describe it, and uh, I guess my my yeah. final question for for Ensemble Stars is: Is the music any good, or is it just kind of typical idol fare that's just kind of like whatever? Is it's kind of whatever for you? So I think the the performances are actually the highlight of the show. Uh, if we're comparing this to more of like a shonen battler anime, uh, the performances were would be the battles, and they are definitely the high point of the series. I think. Now I don't listen to a whole lot of uh, idol music, so I can't really say like is this better or worse than that typical stuff. That's just not usually my thing, but I can say those are the points where I paid the most attention and enjoyed the show. I think the most. Uh, there is a diversity of music here, so it, you can't really say there's a typical idol style in this show. You know, you've got the more poppy music of Trickstar. You've got the more rock-inspired music of Undead, which is honestly my favorite, I think. Yeah, from what I know about idol shows, it seems each group has like their distinctive style, which is what you're supposed to like how you latch on to the group is because you're like, oh, I like this type of music. Yeah, exactly. And, or the characters, and, I guess. And there really is uh, diversity there. I mean, you've got the Japanese-inspired music of Akatsuki. You've got the more, I guess, like, innocent young boy band stuff from Rabbits. Uh, th- there's a good diversity here. I think <laughs> it was kind of goofy, though, because they're in a high school and they're performing on stage, but each of their performances has these crazy special effects going on. They're these crazy, like, strange stage constructions that sort of match the music and special effects happening. And I'm over here thinking, they're in high school. Where the <laughs> hell are they getting this budget? It's... Where is this budget coming from? <laughs> exactly. Because it ain't coming from me. I ain't playing this game. That's for damn sure. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's more fa- it's more fantasy in that regard. And yes, Bill, they unfortunately do the 2D, 3D CG transition. Boo! Even... Even until the end, the last... I honestly think the last one they do is the worst. (laughs) 
I don't know of any idol show that doesn't do that. Yeah. So uh, I, I feel like at the beginning of the show, it wasn't quite so bad. I think the first major undead segment was was, was probably my favorite of those because it just looked okay. Um, but the last from the last one from uh, the episode 12, the Trickstar performance just did not look good at all. And that, that kind of, I guess, another thing I had a problem with this show was that since so much of the show is about popularity and um, being judged by your performances... I didn't. I never understood why one group was lauded over the other. It just seemed to me more of a political thing. Uh, I I think that Fine's performances are not that great <laughs> <laughs> compared to the other groups, and it was kind of weird. It's I guess it was just kind of weird for me. Like, well, how does this group have such a stranglehold if all this music and all these groups just kind of look like they're just offshoots of each other? But probably because they have rich parents yeah that's actually a major plot of the show they have rich parents <laughs> <laughs> they actually they actually do talk about that several times i don't need to write i don't need to watch this show i can write it <laughs> might as well uh but i i, I mean that, again i'm not an idol fan or anything so i guess that's just not for me i didn't really understand it um overall i would say it, it was fun to watch and i'll continue to watch it uh, at the end of the the first season, they sort of wrap up the major plot point. They win the big tournament, you know, the tournament arc. Uh, they barely eke out. Uh, Trickstar barely ekes out winning, even though they only win on a technicality. And uh, they're gonna. The second season is gonna be them going to uh, basically going to finals. <laughs> or the, 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 no, they're they're going to nationals basically. Uh, what they call it, the, the SS or the S1 or whatever. So it's Glee now. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty much going to Nationals. They're, they're representing the Yumanazaki Academy at Nationals. It has a couple quick shots toward, uh, like, silhouettes of the, the new boys we're going to get in Season 2, The all the rival groups. So it's going to be even more of a pain in the ass to have to keep up with a bunch of new names and a bunch of new groups, uh, potentially. Mm. But uh, overall, uh, I can't say it's my favorite. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I am getting genuine enjoyment out of it. Uh, I'm not necessarily something. It is a fun show to watch. Uh, I would not call it the best of 2019. I wouldn't really call it a, a great show as a show. But, you know, sometimes you need to watch, uh, you know, you need to take in, you know, good, nutritious food. You have to have a well-balanced meal. And there are times when you just want to pick out on candy. And N-Stars is very much eating like stuffing your face full of candy and i guess it's good every now and, and everybody likes candy yeah, everybody likes candy you shouldn't eat it all the time it's not good for you but that's kind of what i see in stars as it's just a fun show you kind of have to be ready for that sort of silliness of a high school just idol boys and a curriculum that apparently is just being an idol <laughs> uh occasionally you'll have moments of uh of you know of um a more touching emotion occasionally you'll see that uh just like bill mentioned with sort of more shonen stuff at the beginning of the episode there's a lot of these self-aggrandizing you know we're, we're we're a team we have to stick together and you know this is our family now and you have to you have to lock away the fears in the back of your heart so you can proceed and be the best idol you can be you know all that kind of bullshit <laughs> <laughs> which is which is it's, it's, i mean again to be fair it's the same bullshit you see in you know any naruto yeah. or dragon ball or you know even one piece of the whole nakama this is my nakama yeah. again not to miss they called out in particular but it's the same self-aggrandizing you know and uh overwhelming positivity and- 
So what I'm hearing is, is I need to believe it. Yeah, uh, you will believe it uh, <laughs> by watching OnStars. It, it sounds like it's uh, very uh, common idol tropes, like of internal struggle within the groups that they have to overcome, and them ha- having to pull off these immaculate performances. And it's it's it sounds like an idol show. Uh, I'm. I, I kind of feel like I probably should have been picked to watch the show because I've been brainwashed to uh, to like idol shows thanks to oh, hey. Bill. It's not too late. <laughs> well, we have a whole other season. Uh, I'm. You know what? It's fine. I'll I'll just wait for the mythical idol master season that will come in my dreams one day. But that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying your uh, Twitter recaps. Which, if you're not following Tobias on Twitter. Go read his his recaps of, of Ensemble Stars on Twitter. They're highly enjoyable and one of my favorite aspects of Twitter as of late. Yeah. So initially, initially, I was uh, I was intoxicated. I might have had a couple beers, and I decided, you know what? If I'm gonna make it through this, I'm gonna you know goofily screen cap this show. And there's a lot of silliness that, especially in the beginning, and it continues to be silly. Don't get don't go don't get me wrong. It's there, uh, but I tried to stick more to stopping and really enjoying it uh, you can definitely tell the better episodes are there when i don't tweet about them because the ones that are not great are the ones that i screenshot and put on twitter and make fun of but yeah it's just kind of I mean, it's that i mean it's, it's that level of it's, it's goofy in concept but again goofy shows are there's nothing wrong against that if you enjoy it i i got through a lot of it kind of thinking of it as a like a mid-90s anime comedy <laughs> Like something like Ranma, there's just this off the wall goofy humor, stuff that doesn't really make sense, but it's there for the whole of it, and that 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 got me in the mindset of enjoying the show. I think more so than anything. And and you have a uh, Zombieland saga too that'll probably be coming around the corner pretty soon to get a more idol more an idol fix. An actual good idol show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i guess my final review for season one and i guess not my final review of the show since we're coming i keep doing it god forbid is uh you know it, it there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a, every season there's gonna be a podcast where sarah just hops on and laughs at Tobias as he <laughs> wails like, about my show. Plan worked. <laughs> starts maniacally laughing <laughs> i mean for what i understand uh she doesn't have a lot of great things to say about the show either like she i mean she i know she yeah. likes the franchise but and I don't know. Maybe I'm just mischaracterizing what I've read, but it's like it's, I think she understands that it's not necessarily a great anime of itself. And I kind of feel like that's my review: is that you know, if you're already an idol fan, if you already like this franchise, then go watch it. You're going to enjoy it. If you're looking for a new idol idol show and you like boys, then yeah, you're probably going to enjoy this show. Like that's that's absolutely fair. But if we're being an objective review. You know, I don't think this is going to be top anyone's charts. It's not going to be a great, amazing show. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing, sure, watch it. If not, then you can probably skip it. Sounds fair. Sounds about right. Unfortunately, I'm locked into a a, a blood pact, so I have to keep watching it. <laughs> <laughs> so don't 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 agree to blood pacts, kids. Blood packs are bad, okay. <laughs> Alrighty, so I think that kind of wraps us up as far as talking about this season here. Uh, so looking forward into the fall season, which we are technically now into, uh, what are we sort of looking forward to? Uh, sequel season, yeah. Um, definitely going to be watching My Hero, because I'm pretty sure everybody and their mother is going to, yep. and I love that show. Um, I'm going to be watching Seven Deadly Sins as well, because I really enjoy that series. Um 
surprisingly more people don't but whatever i've never been one to go by popularity <laughs> but um yeah it's it's uh finishing up so i'm excited for that one and uh there's, there's like a lot of sequels coming out this time there's yeah. food wars there's uh psychopaths there's Banania. just a ton yeah yeah, but then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching that because for those of you who don't know, which is probably most of you, I have a Bananya cosplay. <laughs> you do indeed. I do. I'm hoping when we go to Awa in a couple weeks that last year they had a pit Funimation yeah. did that literally was just a pit filled with Bananya plushies, and like you could wait in line and jump into it. And I don't know, anime fans are weird, so. <laughs> I was legitimately upset that I didn't know this was going to be there because I wanted to wear the Bananya and jump into the pit and become an internet meme. And that was not, that, that it was not in the cards for me, unfortunately. But it was still funny, so I'm hoping that they're going to have it again because I'm going to bring the suit with me and go to the rave with Edwin. Because nice. I promised to. Nice. There's one thing I learned about that suit also at raves is I'm very, very <laughs> white and i can't dance for shit <laughs> but with the suit everybody seems to assume that i can so it's very that's, entertaining that's the power of banana ryan oh, there you go uh yeah if i can mention an extra boost of confidence if i can mention uh two other sequels that i will be watching is uh psychopaths 3 as uh as ryan mentioned i am hesitantly excited for it because I enjoy. I really enjoyed Psychopath season one. I think Psychopath season two is is much maligned because it's an actually pretty good side story that I thoroughly enjoyed. And I hate the movie. The movie I despise. Uh, mm. So I'm hoping that Psychopath three can kind of right the ship and um, kind of get things back on track and kind of continuing the interesting conclusion that happened at the end of of season one and not just kind of um just be there to be there as kind of the other two entries of the franchise have been but we we shall see and uh i'm also very excited because a new legend of the galactic heroes reboot uh season is coming which uh a reboot season happened i think like a year or two ago if i remember correctly that was pretty good that is a uh, short and condensed uh remake of the long-spanning legend of the galactic heroes ova series um yeah i i don't know why they're remaking that because like i thought that everybody who loved that series was such a purist about it like they didn't want like change you know because it's been around for so long the way so i'm kind of viewing it is um it's probably tied to an anniversary it's kind of it's kind of like what uh sunrise does with gundam you see stuff of just like well it's gundam's anniversary we need to celebrate the franchise so let's make a new gundam thing whether that be gundam the origin or gundam unicorn uh so that's kind of why i think uh legend of the galactic heroes reboot has been happening uh, and it looks really good. I need to finish the last um, reboot season. I kind of fell off because it was a bit jarring for me with the new look and the different voices because uh, I'm so used to the original. But I'm going to go back and finish it. 
and watch the new one. And I know uh, my friend who's been on the podcast, uh, Ryan W., uh, who was on the Legend of the Galactic Hero uh, episode we did a long way back, uh, will probably be very excited about it. So that's that's something I'm I am also looking forward to. Yeah. No, he um he did a presentation for Japanese Club a number of years ago on Legend of the Galactic Heroes, oh. and he asked me what I thought about it afterwards, and I was like, honestly, it put me to sleep, and he's like, yeah, that's honestly fair. Like, a lot of people, it's just <laughs> yeah, like, not Yeah, I remember we showed, like, the, the compilation movie. Uh, that was, like, the first, like, yeah, basically yeah. is a condensed version of, like, the first five episodes, and I remember sitting next to Austin, and just Austin slowly fall, falling asleep. <laughs> And which which I, I get because it's a very dry um, a lot about politics it's very traditional like it's submarine type battles so if that, if you're not into kind of traditional warfare and politics Legend of the Galactic Heroes isn't your show but if you like that type of stuff then you'll probably like Legend of, of the Galactic Heroes other than that yeah I'm kind of I kind of have my eye on the board game club anime. Yeah. Like that one, what is it? The After School Dice Club or something? Yeah, uh, Hokago Psychoro Club, After School Dice Club. Yeah. Um, that, that looks interesting as a board game tabletop nerd. I'll check it out. Although I'm a little worried yeah. it's going to be a little more cute girls doing cute things. A little more K-On. Uh, but we'll see. There was, um, what was the name of the show? It, it was a while ago at this point. It was basically like these girls get together and like play video games i can't remember the name of it there's defrag defrag okay it was like girls doing like gamer gaming things not like video games but just like it's kind of hard to describe because it's been so long and i wasn't the biggest fan of it but um yeah it kind of i'm kind of hoping it's like better than that okay yeah well the the other show that's like got me curious i probably won't watch like consistently but i'm just curious is uh africa no salary man yeah because it's giving me like a massive agretzko vibe but probably like a little different yeah that that looks interesting for sure uh on that term i'm also kind of interested in b stars which is more of a uh like furry characters but it's got uh, a lot of people talking about it based on the manga so i'll check it out just based on what people are saying uh like you mentioned the board game club looks interesting I've also seen people talk about uh, Cautious Hero, which I think is on Amazon Prime. Um, it's basically like Konosuba 2. The, uh, like okay. Some of the main characters and the way they're animated, very comedic, just like Konosuba is. So if you're into you know, Konosuba, I, based on what I've heard, I would recommend checking out Cautious Hero as well. Okay. And uh, the last thing that I'm interested in, more of a joke than anything, would be XL Joshi. So, here is the plot for XL Joshi. Running short of money, office lady Saki Watase is introduced to a part-time job where she's tasked with reviewing extra-large size condoms. While receiving an escort home after a night of drinking, Saki's demon boss notices that she's carrying a large quantity of condoms. Once she explains her circumstances, he reveals that he is extra-large size. A romance between the two thus begins. <laughs> So this this anime literally exudes big dick energy. 
<laughs> literally BDE the anime. So yeah, it's funny. I I don't know. I'll give it a I'll give it a try. It's probably gonna be really uncomfortable fan service. Uh, but who well, knows? it could, it could be. Uh, remember, I don't know if you guys remember the show. Do you remember Shimonetta? And how that show was all about like the pervert, like we can't talk about sex and just kind of the whole perversion of, of sex and just people's mi- right. people's people's misunderstanding of that. Yeah, that's gonna be um, that that'll hopefully be funny. But in my mind, nothing will replicate Shimonetta because that was just such a funny show. Yeah. Also, I think it should be noted that. Um, for those who care, My Hero Academia is getting a second movie um, okay. this year. Uh, turning slowly and slowly more into uh, one piece of getting a movie per year. <laughs> I mean, it's a shonen. Of course yeah. it's going to get movies. Uh, <laughs> it took three seasons for the first one. I'm honestly surprised it took that uh, long. Speak, speaking of, if you guys don't mind, I'll be quick about this. One Piece is ha- celebrating their 20th anniversary. So it's to celebrate this, wow. they are going... They're, animating one of the early adaptations of or early concepts of the one piece manga that oda wrote in his early days uh called romance dawn and it will be airing uh this month uh it hasn't been announced if crunchyroll is going to be streaming it i hope they get the rights to stream it but it's just kind of cool that uh toei animation is going to be animating these early kind of concepts and early ideas of that Oda was doing, kind of figuring out what One Piece is going to be. So I'm excited for that. And uh, of course, uh, Stampede is actually the latest One Piece movie is coming to the United States. Uh, so I'm ex- I'm ex- yep. end of this month. Yep, I am excited about that. And uh, the last show I want to talk about is coming up that I can't. I, I just just barely remembered it. Uh, Chihaya Furu season three. If you haven't watched Shihaya Furu, you should change that. It is a sports anime that revolves around uh, this uh, uh, card game, Karuta. That's not a collectible card game like most every anime is. It's this uh, sort of poem matching game where you you hear the first opening line of a poem and you have to quickly uh, knock out the card completing the poem before your opponent does. So it's a memorization game. And it's a it's a, a traditional Japanese game that doesn't ever get mentioned when you think of uh, uh, like Hanafuda or Shogi or any more traditional Japanese board games. I don't think I've ever heard of Karta except out of context of the show. And uh, the first two seasons really really good. Uh, honestly, one of my favorite sports anime of all time. Uh, partially because of how interesting the concept of this game is, and the characters are very interesting as well. But uh, the third season is going to be airing October 23rd. So if you haven't yet caught up on Chihaya Furu, please go do that. It is on Crunchyroll, I believe, uh, and other places on the internet. But uh, And how long did you say it was? Uh, there are two seasons out so far, so probably about 24 or so episodes. Uh, actually, I think each season is kind of a two-core deal, so it could be like 50 episodes. But uh, the third season is what's, what's, what's what we're getting here at the end of this month. Yeah, Chihaya Furu. Please go watch Chihaya Furu. It's great. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our episode today. Uh, I hope uh, you guys following along from the past episode got a little more enjoyment out of uh, sort of what we're reviewing and what we think of these shows. I imagine we'll give our impressions of the finale of these shows in about three months or so. Uh, we'll have to see what, 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 what actually shakes down. 
But uh, yeah, it's been another episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast. Uh, again, you can find us on the internet at thirdimpactanime.com. If you're a social media addict, like we all are here, <laughs> we are on Facebook, uh, just under Third Impact Anime. And we have our community group, the Third Impact Anime Community. Uh, you can join that to see what kind of news we find interesting and what discussion, uh, you know, various discussions we have on there. We are also on Twitter uh, at TI underscore anime. Uh, likewise, if you want to support us in a more financial manner, we have both a Patreon and a coffee account. Uh, you can find us there. I'm sure we'll have links in the show notes or just search for Third Impact Anime. Uh, so if you can somebody settle this for me is it supposed to be coffee or kofi it looks like kofi but that whole idea is you're buying somebody a coffee so it's obviously a play on the word coffee okay i'm gonna say coffee because that's what it is but i'm also the weirdo that cringes when people say awa so i will be <laughs> that i'll be that guy and shut my mouth <laughs> Okay, note, note to self, when we're at AWA, say the term AWA around Tobias as much as possible. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, anyway, moving forward, please give us some money. Uh, if you want to give us some regular money, do it on Patreon. If you just want to buy Austin a coffee uh, as he edits this podcast and it has to edit out our, our coughing from earlier, uh, my raging. He deserves a coffee, so go buy him a coffee on the site called Coffee, which is not spelled like the drink coffee. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure you guys know what it is. If not, we'll have a link, of course. But, yeah. And, yeah, so, again, just check us out either through our website or through our podcast feed, which I'm sure you've got to some way or another if you're listening to this, uh, through Patreon and Coffee. And, likewise, we are all independently on the Internet as well. So, Bill, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WBForman999, Foreman spelled F-O-R-E. M-A-N. You can also find uh, my wonderful written articles on our website, www.thirdimpactanime.com. The latest article that I have written that's on the site is a review for Promare, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and it's probably the first uh, Imaishi uh, production uh, from Studio Trigger that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I will probably be buying the Blu-ray whenever that comes out. Uh, but if you want more thoughts on Premiere and uh, want to see my marvelous writing or, or critique it, however you want to view it, uh, you can go to our website as I am the patron of writing in our wonderful Thread Impact group. <laughs> and Tobias, you are making me really want a Starbucks coffee right now. <laughs> I mean, if, if you are if you guys are listening to this podcast and you liked it, you should probably go buy us a coffee. We could use one right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Ryan, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on Twitter at MidshelfRyan. That's M-I-D, Shelf Ryan. Um, you can also find my YouTube channel, Midshelf Gaming. We are the Midshelf Gaming that does not have a dash in our name. We have a blue <laughs> controller icon. We kind of have like an unspoken rivalry with another channel that's been there for like 10 years, but also has significantly less views than us. Uh, not throwing shade at all, <laughs> I swear to God. And... Um, yeah, so you can find us there. I work with Edwin and Will on doing gaming videos. We streamed last night for our spooky episode that's coming up sometime this month. And by sometime this month, I mean probably next month at this point. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, you can find me there. And um, 
we do gaming related things and throw our opinions very loudly and obnoxiously at your faces and do skits and stuff yeah you guys should uh, stream more often i saw you guys do it yesterday yeah we're pl- we're planning on it we're trying to like because edwin is the only one who doesn't have a regular schedule so we're trying to like get a regular stream day because we all want to do it and we really enjoyed doing it yesterday um so we definitely want to do it more and we definitely want to have like other people like our friends on as well like if you guys are in town or if we can somehow figure out a way to do it during awa which we probably (laughs) could we'll like just have like a third impact mid-shelf stream at some point we can be like everyone else and do a jackbox game that all really depends on how good or bad the hotel internet is which probably if i could hazard a guess is gonna be bad probably so we probably won't be able to actually do that well but we're gonna try like we we have that idea so we'll see i'm sure edwin will be playing some some shrek game (laughs) sometime during the weekend edwin's gonna be playing shrek pac-man versus and or a mario party always always all right and uh you can find me on the internet i'm on twitter at reverend underscore tobias uh like bill said i like to uh screenshot shows that i watch try to be funny about it but fail most of the time to be honest uh but that's pretty much that you can other than that you can find my voice here on third impact anime through the various podcasts we do i want to thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next episode or will you but uh